We're going to continue taking a look at Genesis this week and for several weeks to come as we seek to um, go back to the beginning of our scriptures to understand who God is and who we are um, as we take a closer look at the first 11 chapters of Genesis. And so I just invite you over the next several weeks to be reading Genesis chapters 1 through 11 and, and try to read those with a fresh mind, because I think so often these are stories that we are so familiar with uh, that we read things into them that are not there. We remember what we were taught in Sunday school or, or Bible studies or things like that, and sometimes um, we read things into the stories that are not there, because I, I really do believe that while this is some of the most familiar stories in all of Scripture, um, these passages are also some of the most misunderstood. Uh, you may remember last week, and as you read Genesis, I just, I just remind you to, to read with the knowledge that Genesis was not written down as it was happening. Uh, Genesis is not a diary that was kept, but it is oral stories that were passed down from generation to generation, and at some point in time in the life of Israel, uh, they were captured on tablets for folks to read, probably sometime after the Exodus, or maybe even after uh, people entered into uh, the promised land. But these were stories that were passed down by the Israelites that explained who God was, explained who people were, and explained who we are in relation to God and to the rest of the world. They were stories that explained how the world came to be, and they were stories that explained how the world ended up where it was and why the people of Israel were called. Last week, we learned as we listened to Genesis chapter 1 and this beautiful story of creation, we learned that this is a simple but majestic account of God bringing order to a chaotic world. Um, it is an affirmation of faith. This beautiful story in Genesis chapter 1 is an affirmation of faith. It's an affirmation that declares, like the affirmation we read today, that God is the one who created all things and that God is constantly reshaping the world and bringing order out of chaos. It's an affirmation that reminds us and reminded the people of Israel that even when all of the world looks chaotic and dark, uh, that God can be trusted to bring order to the chaos and to bring light into the midst of our darkness. It is a reminder that God is always working to redeem and to restore and to renew creation so that we might be as God intended us to be. And so this week, we're going to take a closer look at a particular portion of creation. We're going to take a closer look at Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 31, day 6, where God created human beings. And so I invite you to hear this passage from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31, afresh and anew. And so this is after God had created the animals on the sixth day. We pick up the story in verse 26 where it says, Then God said, 
Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on the earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. And God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and everything crawling on the ground. And then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seed and all the trees whose fruit produce its seeds within it. These will be your food to all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky and, in every, and everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I will give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he made. It was supremely good. The evening, there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Everyone with ears to hear, hear the word of God and respond this day. I love this, this passage in Genesis. Um, God created humanity in the image of God. Now sometimes we, we miss just how profound this creation story in Genesis 1 is because uh, we often use Genesis 1 and we compare it to the, uh, the theories of creation today. Uh, but, but we must remember that these creation stories were set alongside creation stories in the ancient world. And those creation stories talked about humanity being uh, an afterthought. That humans uh, were not intended to be created, but that humans actually were the result of gods battling against each other. And then as a result, uh, humans came about. Or there are also stories in which uh, the greater gods, because the lesser gods would not serve them in the way they wanted to, they decided that they would create uh, human beings so that humans would be the slaves of the gods, so that humans would live in order to appease the gods, to be sure that the gods had food and entertainment and such. But humans in almost all of these creation stories were an afterthought. And yet in Genesis 1, we see that humans were not an afterthought. They were not unintentional, but human beings were created with purpose and intention by the God who created all things. And in fact, in this story, like in no other creation story, we are told that humans were created in the image of God. No other part of creation is said to be created in the image of God. No other part of creation is talked about in such ways here in Genesis or in other places in Scripture. And so what does it mean 
that humans were created in the image of God. It means from the very beginning that humanity had a certain relationship with God, had a capability for a relationship with God that other parts of creation do not enjoy. It means that humans were created in a special way to live in this presence and to live in communion with God in ways that other parts of creation were not. It also means that all humanity, because we are made in the image of God, all human beings have dignity just because of the fact that they are human. Our worth and our value doesn't come from what we possess or what we own or what we accomplish. Our worth comes because the God of creation um, made us and created us and formed us in God's image. But I think another piece of the image of God that we often miss out on uh, in our world is that in the ancient world, uh, to, say something that, uh, to say that something is an image. In fact, in the ancient world, you may remember that kings often would create images of themselves and set them up in portions of the um, empire where they did not uh, reside uh, as a way to uh, remind uh, the people that they were the king, that they were the one who reigned, that, that they wanted this likeness to be there. Uh, that the, that the image, these images were supposed to be the essence of the king, of the one whom they resembled. And so, uh, in Genesis, when it says that God created humans in the image of God, it is to say that God created uh, humans so that we might be the essence of God here on the earth. And in fact, if we listen here in Genesis and in other places, we are told that, that humans are, are God's representatives here on the earth. It says that God created humans in His image so that we might govern the world and care for it. In fact, in Psalms chapter 8, uh, we, also read, um, we also read this about humanity. Beginning in verse uh, 3 of Psalms 8, we we hear the psalmist declare this, When I look up at your skies, at what your fingers made, the moons and the stars that you set firmly in place, what are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to them? You made them only slightly less than divine, crowning them with glory and grandeur. You've let them rule over your handiwork. You've put everything under their feet, all sheep and all cattle, the wild animals too, the birds in the sky, the fish of the ocean, everything that travels the pathways of the sea. Lord our God, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. We see right from the very beginning that when God created humanity, he had an intention and a purpose for us. God intended that as His representatives, as His agents in this world, uh, that, that we would govern the world, that, that we would continue um, in this world to cultivate, to create, to allow all of creation to be and to become God, what God intended it to be. From the very beginning, God delegated responsibility to human beings. 
a responsibility that God never took back upon himself, but continues to give responsibility to us as human beings to be his representatives, to govern the world as if we were God, to govern and, and the world in such a way that all creation and all people might thrive, that life might thrive in this world. From the very beginning, the intention of God was that we would live in harmony with God and with each other so that God's love, the love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, would be known in all the world and all of creation. And so we have been given this responsibility as human beings to continue to be his representatives. But there's another thing I think sometimes that we miss as we think about this image of God. It also means that within us, uh, there has been implanted this capacity to reflect the goodness and the love of God. Now, I I don't know about you, but but I grew up in, in, in a church which for every time I was told that God created humans in the image of God, there were about 10 other times when I was told that humans were uh, uh, sinners. Um, that, that, that human beings were nothing but sinners and there was nothing that we could do, almost to the point sometimes where um, I, I might leave thinking, my goodness gracious, there is just no hope. Because at the core of my being, I'm just a a, a sinner who can't help myself, who can't do good, who can't bring about God's purposes. I wonder what might happen in the church is that for every time that we are reminded that we sin and we fall short of the glory of God, that rather than talking about ourselves as if the core of our being is some sinful nature... If we are reminded that God created us in the image of God and at the core of our being, this image still exists. I wonder if for every time that we were told that we were sinners and we had fallen short of God's glory, uh, that for ten times we were told we are made in the image of God and that image is within us. I think we would go about living our life in a different way. Instead of trying to control our sin, we would begin to work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit to scrub away uh, that which has covered the image of God, the masterpiece that is within us, so that this capacity that we have to reflect Jesus and God becomes greater and greater. What would happen if every morning We got up and and we celebrated the fact that we are created in the image of God. What would happen if if we told our children day after day after day, you are created in the image of God. God's image is within you. All you need to do is stay in touch with God and the Holy Spirit so that that image blossoms and comes out and other people are able to see it and be blessed by it. Instead of trying to control what we oughtn't do, what what if we instead celebrated how God created us to be 
and sought to remain in touch with God so that that very image of God would be reflected in our lives and in the world. Isn't this exactly what Jesus did when Jesus came? We are told that Jesus is the perfect image of God. Jesus came and he showed dignity to all people, regardless of where they were in the world. Jesus came and had this special relationship with God. Jesus came and he fulfilled the purpose for which God had created humanity, humanity which is to bless and to heal and to offer hope and wholeness. Jesus allowed the reflection of God to always emanate from him. What if we begin to lay claim once again as Genesis 1 declares, let us make humans in our image. And God made humanity in his image, male and female. And God said, it is supremely good. You see, this day, as a choir, I'm going to invite the choir to come on and come forward as they uh, prepare to sing. But let us hear this in Genesis 1.26. We are made in the image of God. We were created for a special relationship with our Creator that none of the rest of creation can enjoy. We were made in the image of God, God's special children, uh, given freedom and responsibility to, to be alongside God in caring for this world and continuing to shape it and to participate in its restoration and its renewal so that the good purposes of God might be realized. We are made in the image of God to be a people who reflect God's image, to illuminate every corner of the earth with the light of Christ so that all people and all life might thrive once again, living in harmony with God and one another. May it be so in our lives this day and every day. And now I invite you as the choir sings, they'll know we are Christians by our love. As you hear these words, may they be words that we aspire to be true in our lives.